Damn it, Nick. I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. Literally too long didn't read. TLDR, you guys are awesome. Haven't done this one in Nicholas Wow. Jesus Christ. I haven't done this one in a while, Nicholas. What is a cow's favorite piece of furniture? Uh well, something begins with a moo. Uh I don't know. I don't I don't have anything for you. Because there's so many pieces of furniture that have moo in them. The couch. Oh, I really overthought that one. Oh, that Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, the Dork Shared Gooniverse and Geeks Worldwide Radio proudly present to you the greatest podcasting team in the world. He's a fry guy, Nick Fryer. I'm the backcracker, Dr. Joe. Together we are the TLDR Comic Book Club, baby. Nicholas, how was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was great, but I'd be doing a lot better if Twitter wasn't being a pain in the ass right now. And it's not for the same reasons that everybody else is talking about. For some reason, the stream is not showing up on Twitter at the moment. Uh, oh, so for Jesus. those who typically watch us on Twitter, I apologize. Uh, for those who watch us on Twitch and on YouTube, you got nothing to worry about. And if you listen to us in audio form, of course, that is the superior way to catch us because that is the only way you're going to catch any of our Friar Side Chats. Make sure you subscribe to the show over there if you haven't already. Leave a five-star rating and review please if you do anything below five joe's gonna come find you and you're gonna have some problems he knows how to crack backs and the bane kind of way too um the right height to punch you in the nuts yes but yes that there's that too um but my thanksgiving was great got a lot of reading in uh also read the book that i'm talking about today because i had started reading this a while back when it came out and then Issues happen or whatever because it's IDW, but we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But talked about that, and there's so much for what's new this week, Joe. Like you and I both needed the extended weekend to get some extra reading in. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you what, Nicholas. I I I, my iPad shit the bed over the summer, Mm. and so I've been you know um, like a like a pleb reading off my phone or reading off my PC. And reading off my PC is not really conducive because it's down in the basement, so. You know, like I like I do a lot of my reading at night when I'm sitting on the couch or when I'm laying in bed and doing that on the phone is fucking brutal. And so, you know, I think part of the reason why I've been looking at my uh, my numbers for last year, I read close to a thousand comic books. I'm not even at 700 yet. And I think that's for two reasons. One, um, I've fallen behind on my reading. And I think that's a big part because. I haven't had the iPad to read on the convenience of that. And two, we haven't had a lot of mainline issues mm-hmm. this year. And so like with mainline issues, like we either have books. Okay. We we've read, we've got them queued up, ready to go. Or some, some weeks like, huh, here's a book I've been wanting to read. Let me give it a go. And then you read it and you fly through volumes one, two, however many there might be like saga, for instance, I fl- flew through all, you know, however many, you know, volumes there were at the time. And so, uh, got a lot of got a new iPad over the weekend. It was time, nice. and so did a, did a ton of reading, a little bit of catching up, but a lot of reading for uh, the the topic du jour. Oh, oh, uh, to, to borrow a phrase uh, from another podcast, uh, and, uh, <clears throat> never heard of. Yeah, we wouldn't know what podcast that was from. But um, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, man. I so when I read Reckless. Like that was one where I got, like, oh, I'll read it. I've been wanting to read it. And finally I got some time, whatever. And I went and read it and, you know, I crushed that first, that first volume and yeah. I kept going through it. And I got a very, very similar vibe from you 
talking about the book that you're talking about today. I cannot wait to hear more details about this yeah. thing because I know you're so excited to talk about it. I, I can't I can't wait. And and so we were a little peek behind the curtain. Our our annual is coming up. And uh, I was discussing some of the categories and 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 usually we do uh, book of the year. You know, what's our, our series of the year? And we we've kind of set parameters for this. Like, you know, it's you know, it, I think October of the year prior is sort of like as far back as we'll go, because then usually it's only like three issues into the past year. Um, but I was thinking because of the book that I read, to, you know, that I'll be talking about today, I was like, we should have a new comic book category that's book of the year and an ongoing series sorry for whistling there uh with my ass um that should be comic book of the year as well because there are a lot of ongoing series that we wouldn't you know we couldn't put up for um consideration because they didn't technically come out in this past year so this book is that good that i want to give it an award <laughs> so i'll make up an entire fucking category oh it. that's what it is oh my god you're ridiculous. Well, I'm gonna have to give this a look more then if that's gonna end up. Uh, that's well, no, we both have our nominees and, and we go from there. But I, I, I'm excited. Oh, that was uh, that was yeah. caught on air. So yeah, there you go, that was. I hit the mute and it didn't mute. <laughs> I am. Uh, I tell you what, right now I'm not gonna lie to you guys and tell you I'm gonna fix it in post. I'm just gonna leave it there. It's just how it yeah. goes. I just Belichicked all into everyone's fucking. Oh ears. God, you talking about how you vomited on the football field because you don't know how to coach a team anymore? Is that what you meant? That's oddly specific, Joe. Most people aren't going to understand that reference. Huh. Anyways, uh, let's get let's do some. You're speaking of catching up, right? Obviously, talking about a book that's. I mean, we'll, we'll get to your actual book in a bit, but catching up, we both did a little bit of it uh, over Thanksgiving break. What uh, what were the books that you wanted to highlight, real quick? Uh, so two books right off the bat, I wanted to read um, once I, once I got the new iPad brag. Um, Ghost Rider Eight and Wolverine Twenty Seven, both by friend of the show Benjamin Percy. Mm. excellent 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 it had been a little so wolverine 27 came out a little bit i had um i forgot how ep, uh issue 26 ended mm. and so when i picked up issue 27 I was like, oh 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 <laughs> so good percy's killing both these books and then uh the conclusion to scott snyder's and hayden sherman's oh, oh look at Dark you Spaces wildfire issue five that that was a great series uh wrapped up uh very satisfying conclusion to that. Um, I'll probably talk about that on the show at some point. Nice. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll say this. The I am behind on Wolverine right now, too. I believe I'm two issues behind. Yes, good job muting the mic. I'm proud of you. Um, I, uh, I I have been on top of Ghost Rider, though, and that has been top-notch. Um, for me, I had to catch up on DC versus Vampires. Issue 11 came out last week. I read that out when it came out in New Comic Book Day. We had some issues with the review copies, which is why I wasn't able to talk about it on the show last week. And then I caught up on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, issue 101, 102. So I am up to speed right now on Melissa Flores' run, friend of the show. Uh, very excited to see what she does with the, with the property moving forward. Obviously, she's been around for a long time. You can hear a little bit about uh, her history with that in our conversation we had a while back on The Dead Lucky, which is out this week. And I, I'd say now is a good time as any to transition into what's new, Joe. But we're going to hold off on image right now. And why don't you take us through Marvel? All right. So I'm going to rattle off a whole bunch of books, only one of which I'm reading. Um, and I didn't get a chance to, unfortunately. But Darth Vader 29. And then here comes here comes the daunting list. We have Strange number eight, Exterminators number three, Captain America, Symbol of Truth, issue seven, Planet Hulk, World Breaker number one. I do actually want to read that. Yes. Um, Strange Academy Finals, issue two, Avengers Assemble Alpha. This is something that's been driving me nuts, Nicholas. 
There's, well, there's grinding dogs gears here. Marvel does this with the alphas and the uh, omegas, right? And the yep. Come on, come on, come yep. on. What are you doing here? Avengers there's only one assemble. alpha and omega, and that's TLDR Comic Book Club. Damn right, damn right, baby. Um, so Avengers Assemble uh, Alpha number one. Uh, Peter Parker and Miles Morales Spider-Man Double Trouble number one. Again, get the fuck out of here with the length of that GD title. Are you kidding me? Is it I, for I, kids? I, uh, no. Yes, okay. it is. It's, at least it's but that. it's like a thousand like words long. Like, come on, yeah. Yeah. come on. Just call it Spider-Man Double Trouble. Mm. You'll figure it out. The kids are not stupid. They will fucking figure it out when they open up the page and they look at it and they see Peter Parker and they see Miles Morales. Mm. Spider-Man, double trouble, number one. Boom. Hmm. Jesus. I think I need Swaggin's input on this one. Why don't you buy that book for her? How's that sound? Let's see what she has to say. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you know, as much as you don't like uh, long titles, I also think you're not a huge fan of annuals. And DC, we got a ton of those oh, this week. Right. Of course, we're, we're both reading Nightwing, Detective Comics, you're reading Batgirls. All those annuals are out this week. Justice Society of America, issue one is out this week. There's a, it's like a part one of a, I don't know what the series is going on exactly. But um, Brian Villar over at Geeks Worldwide actually gave us a 10 out of 10 reviewing this this week. So, might be something we need to take a look at. Superman, Kal-El Returns special. I imagine you're going to want to take a look at that at some point. But a lot of these are like specials. So not something you necessarily we're going to be reviewing because there's only so much you can dig into. It's just more of a celebration, whatever. Blue Beetle, Graduation Day. Uh, Grifter got run over by a reindeer, issue one. Wildstorm, 30th anniversary, special issue one. I'll probably be giving that, that one a look. Um, Nubia and the Justice League special, issue one. So again, a lot of specials, you know, stuff that's interesting to read, but not necessarily something we're going to want to break down here. But from Boom this week, there is there are a couple books we want to talk about. Yes. Oh, man. So this was like Boom and Indy. Uh, sorry, Boom and Indy. Boom and Image really, really slayed it this week mm. with their titles. So we have yeah. Briar, issue two. Uh, we have <laughs> Magic, uh, Nahiri, the uh, Lithromancer, number one, which I kind of want to give a go. Um, I mean, it's number one. You have to, but well, you I think typically it's, read the Magic titles more yeah. than I do. Yeah, I, um, I, I did read Magic for a while, and then I just kind of fell off because it was good, but it's just like – I think there was just too much other better stuff. And I don't have like this tie to magic like most other people do. Right. As much as I, I always found that world kind of interesting. I'm just not a card game guy. So yeah. um yeah, it's like a one-off from it, probably. Yeah, so that's one I want to check out. Uh, Dead Mall issue two. I didn't get a chance to read this week, but I did read that's issue Dark one. Horse, bro. Oh Jesus Christ, what am I doing? Top to bottom, what? left to right. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I've been I've been reading all this manga, right? So mm. it's it's oh <laughs> there you go. So sorry. Orcs, the curse number four. And then there's two books this week uh, that uh, each of us want to discuss. I just want it out there. Uh, credit to me for not reading Damn Them All number two. Uh, <sighs> I was at Newberry Comics last week. I guess they reprinted issue one, which is a good sign from the series when you're seeing reprints already. Um, this, is, this is written by Cy Spurrier. So I grabbed it and I go, how did I miss this? And I got home and I was excited and I and I I, I sexted you about it mm-hmm. and uh, you said that's old, bro. That's been out. And I go, oh shit, must be a reprint. So I yeah. didn't read it. I didn't read it because mm. you had called dibs. So credit right. to me yeah. for not reading that and not reading issue two. Credit to you for not briaring me again. Yeah. You 
taking credit. You're stealing stuff on me, taking credit for stuff left and right. It's I didn't read Briar issue two. I only mm. read the first issue, so you're fine. Mm. You're fine. Yes. But I'll tell you what, when damn them all, the first arc ends, I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to be talking about that right away on this show. Second issue, another banger. Again, if you're a fan of Constantine, if you like Cy Spurrier's Constantine run, which I really liked a lot too, I, I highly recommend you picking this up. Don't wait for me to talk about it on the show at, at greater length. Um, this the, the aesthetic on this also feels very like Constantine like. And look, it's this is its own thing. Don't get me wrong, but still, I, I like I can't help but think of that with this character. Um, Charlie Edlard is the artist on this series, and of course, Cy has you know who we had on the show a while back has experience with Constantine, and it is in, in some ways it is like a female. Constantine, but also, as I mentioned to you, you have that new burnish kind of thing where he's like, where, where this character works for, you know, organized crime. Um, and to me too. Th so Joe, there's a, a cop who got involved, who, who came into the mix in the first issue. And she's very much there in the second one. And you learn a little about a bit about her history and like the intro to her, like the, how we get to know her background a little bit more uh, is mind blowing. Like I, I, I'm stunned that they like how, how they uh, like approach this in, in the, the comic. And it's just like a thing that is very much of the moment. And I'll talk about it more in detail when, um, when I do the trade as much as in the second issue, I don't mind sharing that one with you, but it's even then I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's just, it's a lot. And I was blown away by how they did it. And I thought, um, I, th I thought it was really interesting and really well done. And, and that's just like the first, I don't know, uh, maybe five pages, four pages. And that, that was what really stuck with me. But the rest of it's just like, you got like it, the, the rest of it's awesome too. But that was just like, whoa, like really sucked you right back in. I mean, we love boom, right? I mean, from, from the start of this, um, from when we started doing this podcast, it, you know, I, I, yeah, you know, told you about Boom and came up with the rule, and so, but Boom, it still as good as they are, they're still not Image, right? Like when mm -hmm. it comes to indie labels, like Image is the king, and then it's it's everyone else, right? Yep. And so, like, you'll see a lot of times second printings from Marvel, from DC. That's it's commonplace, sure. right? And and even Image. So I think for for a, a Boom book to get a second printing so quickly of the first mm -hmm. issue. When the second issue, before the second issue even drops, that is, I can't state how big that is. That means the numbers were so good, the demand for it was so high. They said, we got to get this back out there quickly. Yeah. So I can't wait uh, for you to talk about this book and so that I can read it because big fan of Size Burrier. This sounds right in my wheelhouse. And uh, that that's a big deal. Like, I remember that you got that with something is killing the children, and you got that with Once in Future. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and those we, we, we know how those titles, you know, went on. So if, if there's any indicator of how good this book is, that's it. You know, right there. And then I guess you talking about it has some pull. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, the, uh, yeah. the other book, uh, you know, I want to discuss is um, from Boom that came out this week is uh, The Approach. So mm. I love the first issue. Yeah. And it, it took a little bit for this this first issue to get going. I think I talked about that when when I first talked about it, but it was the end, right? Did its job. Talk about this all the time. What's the key to a first issue? Pull you in, sink its teeth into you, get you wanting to that second issue. So the second issue picks right up, you know, where the where the first issue left off, and it didn't take its foot off the gas. Like I talked about, there was that horror element, you know, right at the end. 
you know, uh, at the first issue, and it continued all the way through. So we're dealing with some really cool, gory stuff here. Um, we're, we're getting some depth to some characters uh, that I'm enjoying, and this this has the makings for a, a potential TLDR book, just fun horror. Where is this going to go? Kind of thing. So uh, I really enjoyed the second issue. Man, when I saw the cover for the fir- the main cover for the first issue of this, I was like, "This looks good." And I feel like Joe's going to call dibs on this. And I because because I'd called dibs on Briar. I already called dibs on Damn Them All. I knew Damn Them All was going to be awesome, and I had a feeling Briar was going to be too. Um, but I, I saw so when I saw that one, I was like, "I'll, I'll let Joe." dabble Thank in that you. one and see what yeah see what what happens because like well you, you know you've egged me on enough like this is what happens like, i'm gonna start going for the throat um about but time anyways, you learned grass but, yeah, but uh but i'm really glad to hear that that you've liked yeah. it like this so far so yeah boom like you know you're right that like image is still king when you're looking at the indie label and obviously dark horse has been around forever but boom has like on top of like the, the original stuff too like power rangers has been a huge one for them as well i mean they've done oh. an outstanding job and as much as that you know you have a loyal fan base they're like you still got to do a good job and it's still like a much older audience and you can't have it go and be like what it was you know with the show when we were kids i mean as an adult you're not going to have as much patience for that so they, they've done a they've made a lot of good decisions over there and we can't forget too like it shouldn't be lost on people boom when Boom first started, they were a completely different company. Mm. They were doing it was very much young adult. I think that was their their target audience, and it was mm. right around the time of something is killing children. Once in future, that tone shifted. And they started doing you know started you know mm. you know sort of yeah. upping their game a bit. And they've I mean they've 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 been as good as it gets. You know, Boom, AWA, Image, Marvel, DC, and then it's like everyone else. In yeah. my in my eyes, you know. No, I think I think that's pretty fair, and I mean, there's still even tears to that, and we will probably talk about that more in some capacity when we do our annual a little bit later on in the year because we do usually give out a that. A that's work. a good one. Yeah. Cheer the the studios over the past Ooh. year because that might because because in any given year, like it could shift. Like, dude, that could be an episode I mean? in and of itself. Maybe we like, you know, mm. I don't. We, we don't need to find more reasons to not do mainline episodes, but you know, we're here <laughs> to have fun and do stuff for the people, and that might be right. a fun thing um, that we could do annually. But uh, that's a conversation for off the air. So we got Dark Horse this week. I know you mentioned Dead Mall issue two. You are yep. reading that one. Uh, how is that leaning towards TLDR worthy, or still got to prove itself a little? I bit? haven't re- read the second issue yet. Okay, gotcha. I think I, I think I'll know after this issue because I was, I was lukewarm on the first one so if this okay. one knocks my socks off i'll it'll it'll, it'll it, this issue is make or break for me really okay then we got koshe in hell issue one star wars the high republic adventures which is more for kids issue one uh and then we have a book that i have i thought was going to be tldr worthy still very much is tldr worthy through three issues now the roadie Issue three. Uh, this is written by Tim Seeley and drawn by Fran. I, I believe I'm saying this properly. Galan, Galan. Um, but the, Fran is the the writer and the colorer on this. And I'll tell you what. As I was like skimming through this while you were talking about uh, the approach, I was just reminded of like how with the art, like the colors, it has an interesting texture to it that is kind of you know what? Maybe I wonder if Fran's the the, uh, the artist for Lucky Devil. I honestly wouldn't be surprised because it has a similar aesthetic to it. There are differences for sure, but like whether you're talking about the line work or the colors, um, it just like has like this like 
like um like a rough but also glossy feel to it and um and it, and it works perfectly for this too because we're talking about like you know angels and demons kind of thing more so demon stuff and uh, and then it's you know got a heavy metal background to the main character and everything and i i just like I, i'm very excited to talk to you about this more um the big thing for me coming out of this issue was we get a look at the history of the main character a little bit more and to me I, this isn't i guess not always the case but it's just when, whenever you whenever someone's telling a story whether it's in movie form comic book form show whatever and you start digging into a character's history uh, like one of the main characters where you're like, you've got this story, it's moving at a fast pace. And then it's like, all right, we're going to provide a little bit of background here on the fly. I feel like that's always risky. I understand it's something that happens quite often, but it's not always done well. And in this issue, it is done and it is done very well. Like I flew through this thing. I really, really enjoyed the roadie through the first three issues. Talk about it more at some point down the line uh, on, on here. I gotta imagine this is a like a limited series, like you know something like six issues, maybe maybe a maxi series or whatever, twelve issues, something to that degree. But um, this has been a real like I had I had expectations for this coming in just because of the backdrop and everything, and it has met them every step of the way. You nailed it, by the way. Frank Galen was the artist on the. Hey, the look at that. So Galen, okay, that. Yeah. yeah. So so look at this, right? Who. Who would have thought when we started this show two plus years ago that Nicholas would be able to be spotting dimes and eating onions with artists, right? Wow. Okay, that's a that's a backhanded compliment if I ever heard one. Uh, well, you, you admittedly, you know, the art wasn't always your, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Look at this. You admitted it on the goddamn show. The, the truth be, comes you, out, everybody. Look at this. You've gotten a greater appreciation of uh, of the art since doing this show. Don't, well, yes, because they're, they're, they're like die was a real game changer for me because it was always like stuff that I liked. Like it's like okay, I like this art. This is my kind of art. That's it. Like that's, that's what I want. Then it's die was like Stephanie Hans is obviously a very impressive artist, but it's just that's not like when I think of what I really really like, that's not my style. It's very and it's, her style is very unique as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so that but that was like this fits the story so perfectly, so amazingly that like that was the big game changer for me. Uh, but I, I, in general, I think I just like Fr Fran Galen's uh, Gallen's art style on, on its own, but it's also like, it is different from, it is very unique. The, the that was, yeah. Um, yeah. God, lucky devil. Enough. So good. God, I dude, I, did Colin say he's got more planned? Like he's got it. I think he did, it. but I think it was more on like the, the back burner. You know, I, I, if I remember, I have to go back and listen. I but. can't believe that, man. That was, that was like, like honest to God, seriously, Lauren's like, she's reading Vanish right now and she's read other stuff like loves Vanish, Philadelphia. She's caught up on that. Um, her yeah, favorite, we'll talk about that in a minute. Her favorite series though was Lucky Devil. No, shit. yeah. I, no and I, shit. I, mean, I was like, this is awesome, you got to give it a look. And it, it's that was her favorite, still is oh. like she, so need more of it. Yeah, uh, so I'm gonna rip through a few of these because this was, you know, yeah, when I say it was a light week, volume wise. Right, we didn't get a ton from a ton of different publishers, but what we got from the few, we got some heavy hitters. So mm. I'm gonna rip through a couple of these real quick. Uh, so from IDW, we have Star Trek issue two, we have Star Trek Lower Decks issue three, and Godzilla Rivals versus Gigan issue one. Uh, from Dynamite, we have 007 number four. Uh, from Source Point Press, we have Good Boy, the prodigal the prodigal son issue one. Mm -hmm. uh, so we definitely got to check that out. A Guardian yes, issue two and the Argus issue two. Uh, and then these guys, 
I think there's potential for this studio, but they do a really shit job of getting their shit out there. Like I've seen, so from artists, oh, elite comics, we I, had two books drop last week that I go, what? And then one of them was an issue two. And then this week they have artists elite presents issue five. I'm I had so no cool. idea there was four prior. So I, like, I, I, I didn't know that the artist elite presents stuff was like actually going to be stories. I thought like the first time it was like, Oh, this is it. But they're like, they like it's an issue and it's like a bunch of stories like chopped up in the course of it all. So I, yeah. I've been, I've been out on it the whole time, like not knowing till like very fairly recently what they were doing. So I yeah. hope they do a they, collected edition thing, but it's very confusing. Yeah. They got to promote themselves on Twitter more. I mean, we follow their accounts. I don't see anything, you know, they did a great job on the hype train originally, but now that the stuff's out, it's like, yeah. what's going on? Like I, I'm yeah. very confused. Yeah, so you know, let's let's come on, artistly. I want to read your stuff, make it yeah. more accessible. Let me know, you know. Let's 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 get that hype train coming. Um, yeah. And then Skybound, uh, we have Stillwater issue sixteen. Uh, friend of the show, Chip Zdarsky, art by Ramon Perez. And I, I mean, I, you guys know how much I love I love this book. And we've got two more issues left, so it's ending at issue eighteen. Oh boy. And um, so this is Stillwater, I think, has been a little bit on Chip's you know, back burner because it's been coming out a little bit. There's been a little bit more time in between issues. Sure. But this was such a good issue. And it finally, you know, it was it was hailed as, you know, the, the origins of Stillwater's, you know, revealed. Right. And it was so good. It was so well written. It was it was mostly a flashback episode uh, episode issue. Um, but it really, it really helped sort of bring this story, you know, together. So now we've got, we've got two issues left. It's going to be all hands on deck, um, and, and what's coming. Um, so very, very excellent issue. This has been a tremendous series. Uh, I'll be bummed that it's ending, but I will say that I think that, um, it's, it's probably like the right time to do it. They timed it out well. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. This is, this is one, I think this was a, one of your original 10 books, if I'm not mistaken, on the show, I could I could be wrong. I, mean, I did I still water early on, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it was your original ten. If not, it was the 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 first twenty. And yeah. I can't believe that it's still like all this time like later. It's it's still going on. Um, yeah. Because again, it's only at number sixteen. So yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Okay. Then we got ADW. Of course, there's erratic. AD what? A How do you you, you want to say that again? I say ADW. Yeah. Wow. Say it again because I I'll tell you what we got a tweet from them. You've officially been ratted out. And they, they caught that, you know. What did I do? From last week when you said you hadn't caught up on on Sacrament yet. Oh, no. What? They heard that? And they, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Oh. No, I don't play Koi. I posted wow. the video earlier. Wow. But they, they noticed. So you want, you want to start that again, Nicholas? I said, okay, first of all, A-W-A. -A, uh, we got Absolution Issue 5 and then Erratic Volume 2 issue three and if if they listened they said i hope they heard that i that I said i will be ready to talk about sacrament at full length when the series wraps up with issue five which has been an awesome series you got rich keith on that train so very happy about that it's an awesome loved series it. he loved it yeah I, I figured I, I figured it'd be in his wheelhouse i oh knew God. it'd be in your wheelhouse this is yeah. i put this up there with archangel eight and you know just this is what is one of their best Rich and I have a, I think we, I think we have, we have like, we have a similar taste, but there's a point where it diverges. I don't quite know because we're both big red hood guys. We both like costume a lot, but like there's certain costume stuff that I like that he doesn't, but who knows? Anyways, um, then we move over 
to Image, Joe. And Image had a huge, huge week. Now we have Lovesick Issue 2, Plush Issue 1. There was a review from our guy Ferg over on Geeks Worldwide for that. Uh, 20th Century Men Issue 4. Then we have a few books that um, actually all of the next books we have had at least one of the creators on the show to talk about. I think it's all been writers in all these cases. Uh, Flawed Issue 3 is out this week. King Spawn Issue 17 out this week. Rogue Sun Issue 8. Rogue Sun, this is the return of Rogue Sun since the um, we had the uh, what was the book that? Oh, yeah, yeah. The Inception book. Yeah, the Choose Your Own Adventure that got us in trouble with TikTok. Apparently, yeah. oh, uh, yeah, so <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, because I, I titled like I, I, you know, I said something like Doc had the confundus chart put on his dumbass, and TikTok flagged it for bullying. Yeah, I that's was what... bullying myself. You fucking morons! Unbelievable. So I put in a, you know, I, I re- uh, asked to, you know, repealed it, whatever, and like. Five seconds later, it says it's been approved, and they put it back up. So you fucking dumbasses, waste of our friggin' time. They just wanted your attention. That's what it was. Going for the clicks, so stupid. But um, but yeah, but we're good there. Then uh, you know, we mentioned Rogue Son and awesome return to the series. Yes, but we also got another return of a series. Um, We have another Massiverse book. Also, these two separate things that are both out. This we both read them. Where do you want to start? So let's start with the dead lucky and then let's it's end with Philadelphia. But before we do that, I just want to um, King spawn was absolutely tremendous. Mm -hmm. We didn't underline it to to speak about it because we we both want to talk about these next two books, but it was really fucking good. It was so good. And I love, absolutely love, love that main, the main cover for this issue too. But yeah, Yeah, yeah. crazy. I mean, always crazy action. And again, it's like when like Javi was away for a bit and the guy who filled in did a good job, but Man, Javi just does such such a good job. I mean, the thing with the the big bad and that metal pole, it's like that's some next level like violent shit. I remember looking at it thinking like, did they really just go there? And that's later on in the book. You guys know what I'm talking about when you give it when you catch it. But um, that final issue too, that like that splash that they do, Joe, I love it. Like I know uh, was it Saga did a ton of was like always splash at, at the end of every issue. I love the one that we get here. It's so like, oh my fuck! Like, where where's Sean going to take this next? So um, awesome stuff. But yes, let's uh, let's start with the dead lucky. Yeah. So, man, we love this series. We when we had Melissa Flores on, um, no, uh, yeah, yeah, it was Melissa Flores to talk about this book. I mean, we 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 got to read it early. We absolutely loved it. And and usually, Image will send us a couple of books. They just mm-hmm. sent us just the one. So. Getting to read this each month has been an absolute joy. And this, these next two books, I think, were very cathartic for the writers mm. uh, because there, there was there was heavy emotions um, that came out in both of these books, uh, especially with this one because this is a book that deals a lot with PTSD. And mm-hmm. we talked to Melissa Flores about that and sort of her experience through her partner and what she dealt with. And I felt like that we've, we've gotten that through the first few issues, but we really, really got that in this issue. And I, there was, there was something a, a bit powerful about it and reading it and really elevated the character, uh, BB. And 
you add that on top of just how kick-ass the story is and sort of where it's going. This is this is setting up again to have a really explosive finale, mm-hmm. um, and I can't wait for it. Yeah, the way they end the the the, the whole issue too. It's like, oh yeah, it's like you're when when we saw the dead dead lucky introduced in what was it supermassive issue yes. one or we're getting supermassive um two i think in the spring but when we saw her introduced like oh this is this is someone who could possibly be a villain especially with like her look and mm. everything and now with what they got going on at the end of this issue i could very much see like the the public perception and maybe like radiant black and rogue sun the kid all the, the people in this story i could see them somehow be painted see, see dead lucky somehow be painted in a villainous type light with the direction that she's going even though she's very much a, a hero well actually melissa said to us she bb's a soldier she's not a hero she's a soldier so yes sometimes yeah. they can be turned into villains depending yeah. on your uh, depending on your uh point of view but yeah awesome awesome fourth yeah. issue absolutely love and, and you said it to a ton the character design too the the, the super yeah. suit design oh awesome yeah. um but then i so of the two, so I love Rogue Son. Rogue Son is my probably my favorite book on the shelves right now. Very excited to have that back uh, after a little pause from Ryan Parrott. But then we also get the return of Philadelphia, and I said after the fourth arc that that was the best arc by far. Like I, Philadelphia was already an awesome must-read horror comic for anybody who likes horror. But it's to me, it just. Like Rodney elevated his game. Like Jason Shaw and Alexander had already been like it was was great and doing awesome, and he did elevate his game too. But for me, I felt like Rodney like like was in fifth gear the whole time and shifted it into sixth gear. Like when you look at them comparatively, we get to Philadelphia twenty five, and instantly it's like shit's already crazy with a Nazi and what who what he's dealing with. And then the, some of the imagery like that we get, like I think it's like the, the fifth page or something like that with, with Papa Sangster or the third, actually like the third and fifth page, I think it is. Um, it's like crazy, crazy action. And actually, I think that uh, the line art was not Jason Sean Alexander. He did the layout yeah, yeah. in the inks, but it was Herman. I'll get to that and I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Okay. But so that was crazy. But then just what happens by the end of the issue, again, like I hate when we do this, but there's a huge, huge development in this story that, like, I, I we don't like. How is it going to affect the course of the the rest of the, the the title moving forward? Right, and and the last few issues of Nita Haas we talked about it's sort of dipping its toes a little bit further and a little bit further, like into Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. we 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 get that we see now, like how those streams are crossing. Like I said, with Dead Lucky, this this seemed like a very cathartic issue uh, for Rodney Barnes. There's mm. been a lot. I mean, there's been that father son dynamic throughout the series, but it, it really comes to an emotional um, uh, emotional head here in this issue, and it was again, it was powerful. There was a lot of powerful emotional stuff in this issue. And then you 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 add the art and and all the, the fucking wildness that's going on, you know, around it. Like this was an A plus 10 out of 10, six stones, you know, mm. a pineapple, you know, kind of kind of <laughs> episode. Uh <laughs> yeah. I'm just but thinking like, that you're go ahead. Oh, so what I was going to say, you know, about the art. So the art, you know, was by uh, Hermaine or German. Um, I'm, I, I, I pronounce this Hermaine uh, Hermosupe. Uh, yep. 
And so at the end of the issue, uh, Jason, uh, Sean Alexander, you know, wrote, wrote a note about, you know, the art. And he's like, I've been, you know, I've been really busy on projects, this, this, and this Louis, you know, uh, has, you know, is it Louis, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's, CT or yeah. whatever it is that, you know, for has been really busy. He's been taking a little step back. So, so he brought, you know, he, he brought the, you know, they brought in, uh, German, uh, Emisupe and, and he would just, he just, went on and on and on about how beautiful his art is and you see it here like it yeah. very much is that vibe that is you know the philadelphia verse but one of the things he said wasn't art related he said if you thought the last arc was crazy wait until you see what rodney has for store in store not just for this one but the next one mm. holy shit where the yeah. fuck is this series going baby i think it's about time we get rodney back you know yeah and uh, we try and weasel some advanced copies off them. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at you. Uh, yeah, why not? But seriously. I mean, hey, it's, work, it's worked before. Yeah, no, I think I, I do think it's worth it. I mean, we do tend to have him on once a year, and I feel like we have to. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be adding more titles to what he's doing. I know he has a few other things planned for Philadelphia, and he's doing some stuff on the Substack and everything. Um, but, I mean, like, it's worth checking in because I, as we're talking, as you're going through this, I'm – you know, like you're, you're talking about one facet of what goes on in this issue. And obviously it's very important. And obviously last issue, I mean, last arc, we had some major players thrown into the mix and there's so many important characters in this now characters we care about and invested in. And I'm just like, I don't like, they could really take their time and do stuff with each character and bounce around in different ways from arc to arc issue to issue. I feel like, I don't think saying a hundred is like a fair expectation on anybody, even though Rodney is now, you know, a quarter of the way there. But I mean, I don't see a ceiling on the length yeah. of how long this, this title can go. I mean, eventually the war that's going on does have to come to an end. Right. But it's then what then does, does he end it there? Is that the right. end or right. um, do, do we go beyond? Is there more? And yeah. my, my hope is that there, there is more. Because I feel like the the end of the war is coming, like this arc coming, and I'm pretty sure he said there's more beyond. Um, so let let's 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 fucking hope. Now, when we reach out to Rodney again, we should we we don't typically have more than one guest on, but I would love to have Jason Sean Alexander on as well, mm. uh, and have those two just talking about working together. You know, 25 issues that's that's two plus years. Yeah. Right? So that's a, a long time. And then it's probably, you know, it's probably closer to three years, you know, that they've been working on this together. And so uh, plus with Anita Haas and all that stuff. So I'd love to have the both of them on. Yeah. And Jason Sean Alexander, of course, did, did a lot of spawn stuff and mm -hmm. uh, he's working on empty zone, which is a title that you can read on hoopla right now. I think he's doing, he's working on his third volume for that. And that started, I think back in 2015, I remember giving that a look um, a while back. Maybe I'll have to go back and, and circle, uh, circle back on that one and see, um, that's a TLDR worthy book, but yeah, awesome stuff. Um, excited to see what he does with that, but I, I you know, he will be missed, but at the same time, Herman, uh, does, does some awesome work. This was a great, great introduction and the image that, that, uh, we see accompanying Jason's, uh, um, letter at the end. That's the, the image. Like when I think of this issue, that's the one, despite everything that happens later on, that's the one that's going to stand out most. And it's, and there's a lot of awesome artwork throughout the course of Philadelphia 25 and another kick-ass cover too. By yeah. The way. Oh yeah. my God. Um, yeah. 
But I, I think the cover for volume four, which you see at the end of this issue, that is the best cover of the series so far. That's Toussaint. Yeah, guys, he's badass. Yeah, motherfucker oh. now, right? Yeah. Yep. He yeah, I am motherfucker. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, that is enough about the comics that are coming out this week. Joe, you do have an image book, though, that you want to talk about at length. Um, honestly, I feel like you could do it for an hour. But I, but uh, tell the people what you're ready to tell me about. Yeah, it's, it's going to be hard to, to keep this brief. Uh, but uh, I teased it earlier uh, in the week on Twitter um, at TLDR underscore pod. Uh, that Texas Blood from Image Comics. And this is probably like the first time in a long time we've had back-to-back mainline um, issues. Huh, and yeah. so when it when it comes to picking mainline issues, at least I, I think I could speak safely for, for you as well. Like there's a lot of times where we've been reading a, an ongoing series of like this is really good. Okay, as soon as the first arc is done, yep. I'm going to talk about it on the show. And then there's other times where it's like, ooh, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And um, so I started scrolling through my list. We're and reading so, a million things. It's like I have no book to talk about. It's so frustrating. Right. That's why well, I said okay. we got to create those lists. Right. So, so when it, when it came to picking this week's book, I said, you know, I'm going to give that Texas Blood a shot because it's been on my queue for a very long time. Uh, this book is now 19 issues uh, deep. So it's, you know, puts it at year and a half. You know, um, you know, close to two years, depending on little breaks in between, you know, arcs and stuff like that. And I remember when it first came out, I think it debuted around the same time as um, Maniac of New York. Hmm. And so for some reason, I had both those books in my head as pure horror books. Right. Maniac of New York definitely is. And so I, I, I was going in thinking that Texas Blood was some sort of horror book either a vampire book or something like that. And so uh, I was very, very pleasantly surprised. I would have been presently surprised if it was a horror book, but uh, before I dive into it, written by Chris Condon, um, art and colors by Jacob Phillips. That is mm-hmm. a name that is very familiar on the show, whether it is he or I believe Sean Phillips is his father. Right? That is correct. Yep. Um, who we've talked about, you know, on the show before, and especially when we, we've both talked about reckless and Jacob Phillips. Um, or Sean Phillips um, did Jacob reckless. Jacob Phillips is on some of that too. He's a colorist. Yes, and Jacob Phillips is also the artist for Newburn. Right. Right. So yep. when you see Jacob Phillips or Sean Phillips there, you know what type of book you're getting. So quick synopsis. Quality. Right. Sheriff Joe Bob Coates questions his effectiveness as the aging lawman of Ambrose County, Texas, as chaos descends following an explosive highway confrontation and the mysterious death of a local rogue, Travis Terrell. Wait a minute. Joe Bob Coates? That's Joe amazing. Bob. That's... Joe Bob. Right. Joe Bob. <laughs> Any relation to Ben Coates? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, unless they had, you know, unless they were brothers from another mother, hmm. you know. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyways, anyways. Uh, yeah, Joe Bob. So um, 19 issues, as I mentioned um, a few moments ago. Right now, there's two volumes out, but the third volume will be dropping in January, plus a Christmas special, which seems odd. <laughs> but okay. it, is, it is fucking fantastic. Mm. So I'll, what I'm going to do something a little different when I'm breaking down th- this book is oh. I'm going to kind of talk about the arcs i'm not going to go into details i'm going to go into sort of general themes and sort of what i loved about each of them 
because uh, I'll tell you what, I, I read all 19 issues in less than two days. I, I, I fucking flew through this and it was, it was so good. You, like I said, like I thought it was a horror book going into it and no, it's, it is a Western crime story. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, when you see the name Phillips, whether it's Sean or Jacob, you know, you're, you're, you're getting a crime story, right? Whether it's reckless where you're getting sort of that pulp crime sort of la confidential maltese falcon type story or you've you with um newburn where you're getting that new york mafioso type crime story here we're getting a western crime and i use the term western loosely because when you when, when you categorize something as western there's a certain connotation that goes like redemption for example that's a that's a west that's a sci-fi western comedy that very much has a western feel to it like its theme, everything about it, its setting. This is more Western in its setting, right? And, you know, and it's it's just a good crime story. And each arc um, is, is distinctly different, you know, from each one, as it should be. But in terms of how the story is told, what type of crime is going on, and it's paced so perfectly – the, the the layer of the storytelling this is the first thing i've ever read from 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 chris condon and uh, it's absolutely fantastic and and what you know when, whenever you see the trades there's always the blurbs right zadarsky does a blurb on this and he says you know something to the effect of chris the the the, the, you know, the talent of chris condon and jacob phillips as new budding creators in this industry is 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 astronomical mm. right and and he couldn't he couldn't be any more i i butchered it but it's essentially that's what he's saying right okay. and and it's so well written and it's so well drawn like the phillips is the philippi felipe Ryan felipe um they have such a very distinct way of drawing and coloring it has that just that classic noir crime feel to it so when you pick up one of their books you know what you're getting, right? You know visually what you're going to get. You're going to get tremendous art. You're going to get tremendous detail. And one of the things I loved about Philip's art in this is, again, um, facial expressions, right? I, I, you know, I, I a good to me, a good artist can tell you a story without there being words, mm-hmm. and 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 can can capture emotion without you being directed on how to feel whether it be through narration or a thought bubble or or whatever and when talking about joe bob and i'll, I'll get into this in a few moments is that he he's a very jim gordon-esque type character he's he's he doesn't have the same flaws that jim gordon does but he carries the same guilt with him hmm. And you see that on his face, his facial expressions through different mannerisms and actions that Phillips is able to draw. So that right there, you know, is a plus stuff. And so what I, what I loved about this, when I picked it up, the first issue is a bit of a standalone issue. When I read it, I initially got the thought that, okay, this is going to be sort of um, an anthology type series. Each issue is going to maybe revolve around a, a different case because the first one was like oh. buttoned up tight you know tied in a bow um and it, but it was a great way to introduce readers to this little world that they live in ambrose uh you know county uh, texas uh a great introduction to who sheriff joe bob Coates is right and it it, it really name. sort of i don't know it really does feel just like a day in the life 
like you're reading this book and it's just a day in the life of Sheriff Sheriff Joe Bob and the shit that he's going to deal with in this redneck country bumpkin town, right? Um, But what this story, I'm going to talk a lot about, I'm going to go into detail about this first issue uh, just because I think there's a lot to it. It's, It's important because then issues two through five really compose uh, the first arc. So this, like I said, this first issue is a bit of a standalone issue. And what's great about it is its simplicity because all it, all it is, it revolves around, you you get introduced to the sheriff, you know, he's doing sheriff things. He's showing up the office, grabbing his coffee and a donut, talking to the deputies. And is before he steps out of the door though, his, his old lady's giving him hell. It's his birthday. It's his 70th birthday. And she needs her fucking casserole dish. And she's on him all goddamn day about getting this casserole dish that they had lent out to so-and-so, you know, at a dinner party way back when. And so he's going about his day. Okay. So he moseys on, you know, to the woman's house who has the casserole dish, knocks on the door. And, uh, you know, a man answers. Presumably it's either this woman's husband or special man friend or or whatever. Mm. And uh, won't open the door. And he said, oh, yeah, so-and-so can't yeah, come. We're busy. We're in the middle of something. Can you come back later? He's like, well, I really need my you know, my, my casserole dish. My old lady's up my ass about it. She needs it for dinner tonight. And then you hear, you know, and he, he asks for, you know, the woman. And uh, she's, oh, no, I'm fine. It's, it's really dirty. I'll send so-and-so over to your house to drop it off later. Okay. So we've kind of seen this trope before, right? Like sheriff, policeman shows up at someone's door. You know, they know them, they refuse to answer. Something doesn't feel right. And as he's walking back to his car, he sees an empty beer can. Um, so you get the sense, okay, there's this this guy's a, a drunk and he's probably, you know, tuned mm. his wife up, right? So again, just a day life is okay. All right, you know, if you need anything, you know, call. Um mm. so then, like again, it's just a day in the life. He shows up at the a general store to you know pick up a pack of smokes or beef jerky or whatever the hell it may be, and he's talking with the guy behind the counter because of course everyone knows everyone and sure. they start talking about this you know this couple and the guy's like yeah you know he's been drinking again and you start to see that worry on joe bob's face like fuck i gotta go back there something's not here my gut's telling me something's not right i gotta get back there and as he's racing to go, or as he's driving to go back to the house to check in on him this truck flies by him on the road so he turns around pulls the guy over it's the guy he had just been talking to at the house Mm. And he's covered in blood. And he goes, I'm sorry. And he puts the gun to his head, blows his brains out. Oh, and, shit. And then sitting next to him is the fucking casserole dish. So you know exactly what just happened. Oh, right? my God. And, like, that just blew me away because there was so much that happened. Not just visually, right? And that's not that's not a spoiler. That's the first issue. That's, that's just, like, sort of the introduction. Well, let the people decide if it's a spoiler right? or not. Well, the second... Well, you just, just trust me on this. I'm I, kidding. I, I went into that layer of detail because, like, this is something that you see coming, but it still hits you like a ton of bricks, both, you know, you know visually as you're seeing it, but also reading it, but it's the, it's the stuff that happens between panels and between the pages, mm. because you know, um, you know something's not right, and you know that's not going to end up well. But you still kind of think like, okay, are we gonna? Is something going to happen at the party later on in the day, or, or something like that? And then what this does too is that it sort of establishes the character of Joe Bob, right? Because he's a guy who he's he's got good intentions, and he knew something wasn't right. He it, and it's like. The gut punch, the guilt that he carries with him now is like, I should have acted sooner. Like, 
we can all relate to that. There's been moments in our sure. lives where something didn't feel right. We should have acted sooner and we didn't and something stuff, right? Yeah. And and like, can you imagine like, fuck, that's a heavy thing. Yeah. And then as, as the series goes on throughout the, the, the different arcs, there's different moments in Joe Bob's life where there's these things happen where like he goes to do the right thing and it doesn't go the way that he should, or he should have done something that he didn't. And it's this guilt that he carries around with him his entire life. And so that's the first issue that the, the issues two through six, like I said, really take on more of a traditional arc and it, it revolves around, you know, a character, you know, who him and his brother grew up in the town. They're both, fucking pricks and dickheads but he decides to, i'm going to change my life i'm going to move out of town he does but he has to come back because his brother dies and then everything that revolves around that and how that story comes to a close it's so good and then you're, you're and then issue seven through 12 comprise the second arc which revolves around a missing child and what's great about this arc is again it's it's told in a much different way whereas you know the first six issues is more present day joe bob hmm. The second arc is him sitting down with a new deputy at a diner, having a cup of coffee. And he's just, he needs to get, you know, he's been, he's been going over this case that has been sort of plagued him for decades and it's eating at him. So he's just, he just needs someone to talk to. And in doing so, he's recounting that old case and that, and, and so that that's a crime that happens, you know, 20 years earlier or whatever, and how he's carried the guilt and you see why and you, how that unfolds. It's so good. And then we get huh. this issue 13. It's just a Christmas issue. And you're like, huh. what? And it's basically, again, it's a flashback. Joe Bob is not sheriff yet. The old the old sheriff is having people over for a Christmas party. And he's just recounting a story of the, you know, the previous sheriff and you know how he was batshit crazy and the crime that happened with him. And huh. like you're all in. And it's just huh. a sort of a standalone thing. And then the third arc that 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 wrapped up a month or two ago, I sent you a screenshot of this. I sent you a screenshot to Keith as well. Oh yeah, of, of, of the panel, right? So, Dude, Lauren was right next to me, and she goes, "Nope." Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so like up until this point, it's a crime story, and it still is. But this volume was because when you're dealing with serial killers, there's always that element of horror. You know, the the the, the killer stalking his victims, the 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 seditious seditious nature to it all right the brutality of it and so this was this like this was like an issue was like fuck i shouldn't be reading this at night but i have no choice because I'm, I'm already all in and it literally kept me up at night and it was it was so good and i think you know a lot of us have fascinations with serial killers i know i know keith does my wife mm. does you know like we watch the we all the documentaries do, right yeah. And this was so fucking good. And it was so, and, and, and the serial killer in this is the, the RQK killer, the Red Queen killer. And I sent you, I sent you a still shot. I sent you an additional still that I didn't send Keith. Um, ha, how do you like them apples, Keith? Well, yeah. Keith doesn't like things spoiled. So I, I didn't uh, want to cross any lines, but like this wow. was just the way the first victim was posed, you know? You spoiled something um, for me, though? What? I didn't spoil. I didn't spoil it, but I didn't want what? him to think. I, I didn't want him thinking I was spoiling it. Oh, um, I'm heartbroken now, and now you're spitting into the microphone again. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to hit the fucking mute button. I'm dying. Oh, I'm you're dying. a class act. You know that. I am. I am. But it was just. It was so good, and I mean, I could really just talk to the wall about this book. I can't. I anyone who loves crime, anyone who just loves great storytelling. I can't recommend this book enough. I mean, 
shit. This is amazing. I, yeah. I mean, this, this, uh, I, I have obviously, you know, I haven't, we both haven't read each other's, like all of each other's books that we've recommended to her because we have to stay on top of everything because we're always right. doing what's new and there's so much stuff, so much quality stuff out there. And then we're trying to read other things too that we've maybe skipped over for the show. But I'll tell you what, man, like this, like, I haven't read a book you've recommended that I haven't liked. And this might move to the top. This has to move to the top pile for me. This is, this sounds yeah. amazing. I'm going to and- crush this thing. And I didn't get into characters too much because really like the main character really is Joe Bob. And it's just this, this wonderful way of storytelling where it goes between the past and the present, but it does so in like the right way. Tom King take mm-hmm. notes uh, oh where like whenever they're in the past, it's, it's just him. Tell, it's him storytelling. Mm-hmm. And the majority of the time is spent there, right? It's not this constant back and forth, back and forth nonsense. Uh, so it really is brilliant storytelling, and then you add Jacob Phillips's art to it, and it's just an absolute home run. I'll tell you what, I know this might be a spoiler, but does Joe Bob Coates end up marrying Catwoman in the end or no? <laughs> but uh, so, all right, so this sounds like a show, no questions asked for me. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. Oh, give me, give me fucking 10 seasons of Joe Bob. Yeah, this yeah. sounds awesome. This is uh, yeah, oh, fantastic. Sounds so good. Awesome. Uh, so definitely gonna be. And this is available on Hoopla. You said. Uh, or did you read on Comicsology? No, I read this through the uh, review copies we get from Image. Oh, there you go. Well, it'll probably be available on Hoopla. Make sure you guys check that. Out. If not, maybe on Comicsology. If not, this is definitely one worth paying for. It sounds like over at uh your local comic book shop. And most of the books we talk about are. On here um, now, I'm very excited about that, but I'm also very excited to talk about the book that I have planned today. It's funny, Joe. I, I didn't, I didn't check it, double check myself on this, but I'm like 99.5% positive that we haven't done any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff on this show. You, you don't, I don't count Usagi Ujimbo because he was his own thing. I'm, I'm right. Well, we did, right. we did the last Ronin. Ah, okay, but that like we haven't uh, for a mainline episode, we haven't done. No, that, we right? haven't. It is on Hoopla, by the way. That Texas Blood Volumes One and Two is on Hoopla. All right, there we go. So then, and then go buy the third one uh, in, in your local comics. I am all. You really should. This is yeah. the one you want in your collection. Absolutely. So uh, we haven't done like we. So we've done Last Ronin. More than anything, we complain about Last Ronin as much as we did like the series. Um, but then uh, this. So this is a series. Shredder is a character who. We all like, right? Everybody has has their own turtle that they like a lot. Everybody has a soft spot for Splinter. He's like a, I mean, in my opinion, like a better version, a different but better version of Alfred. Um, but then you look at Shredder, and he is uh, to me. I love Mikey, and he was always my favorite as a kid. And Raph is my number two. But I think Shredder might be my favorite TMNT character. Period, and a a big part of that is his look. I mean, he is such a badass as and even more so in the comics versus the movies um, in the comics it's closer to the cartoon that we grew up on, but TMNT shredder in hell. When this came out, I was not like on top of my game with teenage mutant Ninja turtle stuff. I'm still not on top of my game, but I've read some stuff, obviously last run being the biggest one of them all. Um, and absolutely a must read, but shredder in hell. When I saw this was a thing, I was like, I got to check this out. Like you're putting shredder at the center of stuff. Yes, we see him at the forefront of a lot of any of the TMNT specials that we get with like Batman or Power Rangers. Sure, he's there. Um, or anytime in Teenage Mutant Turtles in general, you're seeing Shredder in the mix. But to have him be the guy, this is the, all about him. I needed to check it out. And this uh, five-issue series that came out in 2019 was written by and drawn by Mateus Santaculo. 
The colors from this are, are Marcelo Costa, and the letterer is Sean Lee. The synopsis, abandon all hope. The Shredder returns in this brand new miniseries. Oroku Saki's death is just the beginning, and his journey through the depths of the underworld proved to be anything but a divine comedy. How much of Shredder's soul will remain after he's faced the horrors of hell? Now, uh, for those wondering, like, when the hell did Shredder die? At this point, this is around like TMNT 100 range. He's been dead for about issues at this stage. So r- roughly somewhere in that range. And he, why, why are you text freaking Joe? Why are you texting me Michelangelo pictures right now? What the fuck's the matter with you? Because at you the know, end, I was going to say post it. I was going to talk about it. Oh, uh, I was worried like something was happening with my microphone or something like that. Serious. Why is Joe texting me in the middle of my raving about uh, Master Shredder? I, want, I wanted to send it to you so we could, it's something I wanted to talk about at the end. All right, later. Anyways, so this happens. You don't need to read the TMNT mainline to appreciate this, but it absolutely is like a good point to, if you read this, maybe you want to read the city at war part one, then read this, then city of war part two. It kind of ties everything together. Um, you don't need to go all the way back to TMNT issue 50 to, to, you know, pick this up. And I understand like, cause I know that apprehension in general, but I went in as someone who wasn't reading all that stuff did look at some ancillary things afterwards because of the way things ended. I wanted to know more and read the city of war stuff as well. And it, there's a lot of important stuff that goes on in that story too. Um, so all around, absolutely something um, that you, you, if you're a TMNT fan, a good, pl- I think it's a good jumping in place and kind of move forward from there. The characters involved in this, as I mentioned, shredder is at the center of it all. Splinter is probably number two in all this. Then we have uh Shredder's lover Kitsune. And then we also have Tang Shen, who is Splinter's lover, too. And I actually forgot to jot down Kitsune, I believe. Uh Kitsune? Is that how you say it? Really? Well, my apologies. But there's also um with Shredder, he's always had like this great larger purpose, right? He's bent for something more, he's all about power and everything like that. And he is like, and at this, this is all about him as the dragon warrior because he is, he is like a divine being in a sense. Like he is the dragon incarnate again, dragon warrior. He is, he, his whole, what he's going through right now in his death, which I don't want to say who's responsible for his death. You'll find out fairly quickly in the pages of this, but I think it's just like something on its own that you kind of want to see because like it happens, then it gets addressed. Like he asks like, how did it happen? And then it's like, that's not important. Like we just, we're just going to move past that right now. It's like, Oh really? You're going to fucking move past it. That's fucking convenient. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, but, um, but anyways, so he's, he's all about his greater purpose and being a force force of nature and he is a force of nature um but what's so interesting about this is shredder who i feel like you know he's a character who's been around for ages and he's always kind of been a big bad right like yes he's the opposite of of, of splinter and they were friends when they were younger and everything but he's he's not someone I've always liked him, as I said, but like he's like we talk about villains now, how they have so much, much greater depth. There's so much more motivation. It can't just be like I want one million dollars and I'm going to take over the world. And I'm not sure saying Shredder was ever that, but he like he's not he's of a, from a different era originally. 
this adds another layer to him and puts him in a position where now it's like you you look at him and it's not he's not necessarily a trauma victim, but he is someone who in a lot of ways hasn't had full choice of his life at all you know throughout the course of things he may not necessarily feel that way but that's a journey that he has to go on throughout the course of the story and I, I gotta be honest i never would have thought of shredder necessarily going through that sort of experience seeing where things end up and, and seeing the decisions that he makes in the course of it all too all very interesting has huge impacts on the tmnt mainline stuff in general and uh, also not to get lost in all this we say at any time i see the, the writer and the artist are the same creator. I'm always interested in that. And there's definitely a, an added fluidity to this story because Mateo Santaculo is in charge of both. And I think Marcelo Costa's uh, art, for, uh, his, his colors for hell too, are absolutely outstanding. But the action that we get through all this too, it's, you know, with TMNT, I know now it's usually viewed more as a kid's thing. But when you look back at like the old comics, and actually if you just go and watch um, – what is it? The toys that made us like the TMNT comics, like the old ones were pretty freaking gritty. And yeah. this has, this has like an impressiveness to the art and everything like that. And, and, and you can see if you're watching on our stream right now, the main cover that's over my right shoulder is I believe by Mateo Santaculo. And I would imagine Marcelo Costa does the colors because it looks like it's colors from the interiors. There is an impressive like finish to it as well. Not to say that gritty isn't impressive, but there's just a different, you know, uh, texture to it. And I, there, but there's still like the action that's involved in all of this show is like, to me feels like, okay, like we're, we're trying to build on some of the stuff from the older comics and, and then take that, like the, some viciousness and involve that in this story. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah I, I, I've tried reading some, you know, some Ninja Turtle stuff. I tried, you know, when Jenica was uh, introduced, um, mm. Goo, Goo, Goo sent us something that I have that I want to read that looks looks really good. This this sounds fantastic because um, I think there's a lot you can do with Shredder. I think I like more I, of Shredder. Like I don't I, think I, he has to be a one note character. I think you can really create some depth there mm-hmm. and sort of take him to some, a couple different you know to a couple different levels. Um, but but this this sounds really good. I'm uh, so I actually uh, right to my left of me I have uh, I have a lot of my figures in in comics and one of my figures that I have that I absolutely love is the Shredder from the uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers TMNT mashup. Ah uh, yes, Green Ranger. That's of course written by a friend of the show Ryan Parrott, and they got a second volume of that coming. I mean, anytime you see Shredder thrown in the mix, like he, he's always awesome. And look, obviously for TMNT, you, you can't just have it be Shredder all the time. You have other villains, you got to throw them in the right. mix. Totally get it. Create new characters, cool. Um, but man, like I, I would like more solo Shredder stuff, and I don't know if the, if I'm like in the minority on that front. But I, I, I'm just, I, if you if they if IDW decided to do that, like I'm gonna give more of that a look. And even I, I don't know about I don't I mean even probably older stuff with him and Rokusaki too going to their past. I'm sure there's some other interesting stuff too. Yeah, because you could you could really get with. gritty with his origin, or there, there's some depth there. You could really you could put some flavor, you could put some meat on that bone, you know, again, yeah. not just make him one note. So you were, you were, you were, you were busting my nuts a few minutes ago. I sent you a, a picture. I don't know if you could take that picture and pop it up on the, on the screen for streaming. I might be too last minute, but what I sent you was a picture of um, 
um, a Ninja Turtle I had as a kid, uh, Surfer Surfer Michelangelo. I can't remember the exact name of it, but they they've been selling this at um, Newberry Comics for like seventy bucks. So this is um, oh shoot, I can't remember the name of the company there. That that um, is it that Hasbro or Mattel? No, let me uh, let me pull it up here. I have no clue. But I just how... want to correct myself real quick. I think I said Orokusaki and Shredder, the same person. I would say Hamato Yoshi, which is what Splinter's actual name is. So yeah. I apologize for that that uh, little discretion that indiscretion there. But anyways, um, yeah, I don't know who the publisher is um, or who the the um, company is for. Yeah, it's from yeah. Entertainment Earth. This is where Goo gets a lot of his um, his figures here. And uh, but they've been selling it at Newberry Comics for like seventy bucks, and uh, the website had it on sale for thirty eight. So so I had to grab it. So like I've been going like I've been in a very Ninja Turtle nostalgic mode because Swaggins has been really into Ninja Turtles lately. Oh, that's right, cartoons. Yep. And so like every now and then I'll go down like a YouTube rabbit hole where I'll just type in TMNT action figures, and I just like oh I had that one, I had that one, I had that one. Because, like, I would have sworn to shit that I was a Michelangelo Raphael guy. Hmm. When I go back and look at all my action figures, they were predominantly Donatello. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of I've got, I've got the big guy, like the, the two-foot guy that's Donatello, you know. Um, and I just had a ton. So, um, but credit to Goo. He's always he's always on the lookout for, for TMNT, you know, statues and, and sending them my way. And at that price, Nicholas, I couldn't, I couldn't pass that up. Of course not. Uh, and I'm trying to pull up the 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 um, Michelangelo thing, but it's just it's, it's yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. being too much of a pain in the butt. But it is. Um, but yeah, the, the, you can find that very quickly if you do a quick Google to wonder what, if you wonder what Joe's talking about. Surfer Michelangelo shirts that. By the way, the other character that I mentioned too that's like sewer ultimate sewer surfer Mike. Yeah, there you go. There's also um, when I was talking about Shredder in his past stuff. There's also there's his. He is the dragon incarnate, but then he the dragon god incarnate, but then there's also ta, uh, Takeshi Tatsuo, who's also in the mixes. That is the founder of the Foot Clan as well. There's a whole there's, like that like he he enters the mix very quickly and he really sets the tone for Shredder. And after, especially after the decision that he makes, that leads to him winding up being there. But again, don't want to get too close to to start spoiling stuff as much as the first issue. It's only a five issue series, so trying to be careful on what details are shared there. But um, if you like Shredder, like I think they they like they're just scratching the surface of some of the stuff that we can do here. Like you said, like this is a character who doesn't need to be one note. Can be a lot more dynamic. Can delve into his past um, and even more stuff with him in the future too. So. Um, absolutely love it. And again, if you want to, if you're, if you're always like, ah, I want to get on TMNT, but there's just so much to read right now. And I don't know, like that's a, that, that this came out in 2019. You have volume 22 that c comes before this volume 23. That's after it. And you know, I, I won't say more about how those all kind of intertwine, but they do. Then from there you, you can move forward and, and that can be your catch up game instead of maybe, I'm not saying don't go back and start from square one, but it's a lot easier to do that. And I know people want to start with number one, but sometimes it's just not realistic. But that is uh, that is it for TMNT Shredder in Hell, and that is it for us. Unless you have something else that uh, that I missed in the course of things, Joe. No, I've talked way too long in this episode. This issue already. We're looking at this one ten. Yeah, I, I really, I really. Oh come on! I How really, I really bed people's ears today. I need I needed to hear every second of it. I was listening. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Um, 
especially when you got to the uh, part about where Billy Bob, Billy Joe, uh, Joe Bob, Joe Bob ended up marrying Catwoman. I was that was the best part. <laughs> but um, anyways, we are going to be getting back to solicit next week, December. We told you guys we got a lot of fun stuff planned. Uh, make sure you keep your peepers pop. Subscribe to the audio channel if you haven't already. And of course, you can still watch us on any of our streams to figure out that Twitter thing in the course of the show. Somehow, Joe, we were locked out of our account, which I will tell you more about later. But until next week, stay sexy. You know it. I like Nick's just like, I'm out. All right, we're yeah. done.